Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to part two of our incidental OMA series on the spleen. And one of the challenges in the spleen are splenic cysts. As in the liver, it's not uncommon to see cystic lesions, but there are three main lesions in the spleen, which sometimes are very easy to diagnose and sometimes a bit more challenging. And we'll go through each of them. Splenic cysts, hemangiomas, and hematomas. Now, cysts can vary in size, just like cysts in the kidney and liver, well-defined, sharp margins, water density, no enhancement, classic diagnosis of splenic cysts. Now, we can talk about epithelial cysts and epidermoid cysts. We can't tell the difference on CT. Hydatid cysts have calcification. There you can tell a difference, but splenic hydatic cysts are typically associated with hepatic hydatid cysts. Now, with cystic lesions in the spleen, Sometimes patients will actually have symptoms. This one's fairly large, pushing on the stomach. I've seen even larger cysts. Patients get left upper quadrant pain as it pushes on the diaphragm or they get compression of the stomach or they have a palpable mass. So sometimes cysts can be so large they actually cause problems, but most of them typically do not. Another example, non-contrast CT. Here's some contrast-enhanced scans. Very well-defined water density. The spleen's a touch large in this patient, but this is a simple splenic cyst when you look at all of the images. It's somewhat exophytic, which is very common for cysts. This is not going to be an abscess. This is not going to be a tumor. And I'm showing you numerous visualizations of that same lesion. Now, splenic cysts can be multiple. In fact, when multiple, they can look like lymphangiomas. Splenic cysts, as in this case, the spleen's often large. There are no liver cysts present. This is often associated with syndromes. Sometimes we see multiple splenic cysts, three, four, five, but when there's so many like this, it's often associated with a syndrome, most commonly klippel trenani weber syndrome, and I'll come back to that in a moment. You also see hemangiomas in that scenario. Now, we also can see what I would call a pseudocyst. Because there is a bare area in the splenic hilum, pseudocysts from the pancreas or pancreatitis can track along the splenic artery in vein, go beneath the capsule, and present like this with lenticular appearance. Now, you also can see this appearance in a patient who had an old hematoma from splenic trauma. The thing about these is you recognize the benign based on that cleft. We can talk about implants on the spleen, but they're not going to be cystic like this. The big thing about these lesions is they're of concern to me, particularly in patients with pancreatitis as with only minor trauma, you can have spontaneous splenic rupture and the patient can exsanguinate. So it's something that can be important, and these are the kind of patients who will get uh, elective laparoscopic splenectomies. Calcifications, very dense calcifications, kidney, spleen, liver. you got to think infection, but you also have to think trauma. And most commonly in the spleen, old trauma can be a cause. I mentioned hemangiomas are the most common benign primary neoplasm of the spleen. Range of ages, but typically third to fifth decade. More common in something like clipoplatronani weber or Beckwith-Wiedemann or Turner syndromes. Now, some of the comments about splenic hemangiomas. At times, they behave perfectly like a hepatic hemangioma, but other times they're hypodense. They really don't enhance to any great degree. They may have spotty calcifications. Sometimes they can even appear solid, other times cystic. And here's just a very nice ring-shaped lesion in the spleen. This was a hemangioma, and here's another example. Now, what else could this be? Angiosarcoma, it would be more ugly-looking. Metastasis from renal cell carcinoma, it's a possibility the patient doesn't have renal cell carcinoma. Another example here, 
calcifications, multiple small lesions. That's really good for splenic hemangiomas. Very nice appearance. Sometimes they're larger. They can have this sort of irregular pattern to them, but you can see on the non-contrast, and then we go to contrast, you can see a little bit of peripheral enhancement and central enhancement. Uh, as an incidental finding, I gotta be thinking about splenic hemangioma. Uh, you asked me, could this be lymphoma? I guess theoretically, but lymphoma doesn't have those very sharp margins around the edges. It's usually more solid, and the enhancement here is very good. Vascular lesions, METs, angiosarcoma, really are very vascular, not this very fine septations as you see in this case. I mentioned multiple hemangiomas. Often they look almost like cysts. Klippel Trinani Weber gets also those lung cystic changes, nicely shown here and here. And another example of KTW, very nice multiple splenic lesions. Not a very difficult diagnosis, but you have the... Um, the history of the patient's primary process. Again, history is important, and here's just two more images showing you the same exact thing. What else? Hamartomas can be difficult. Sometimes they have a classic appearance, and I'll show you that in a moment. They're rare at any age. They're an anomalous mixture of splenic elements and congenital, usually solitary, but can be multiple, more commonly associated with tuberous sclerosis. On CT, ISO or hypodense on non-contrast, Slow enhancement after IV contrast can be hard to separate from hemangiomas at times. I think one big difference is hemangiomas tend to have sort of fluffy edges as it begins to fill in. Hamartomas are very sharp. And here's a great example. Solid mass in the spleen. Hard to see except for its mass effect on non-contrast. Easy to see on the vascular phase. Could this be lymphoma? Sure, but usually not so well defined. Could be metastasis? I guess sure, but better history. So again, it can be a very tricky lesion. Here's another example. Again, hamartomas versus hemangiomas can be very difficult. The key to me is separating hamartoma from a malignancy. Another example, hamartoma with calcification could be representative of an old trauma to the spleen. This patient eventually had splenectomy and this was a hamartoma and a bunch of liver cysts present, but indeed can be somewhat tricky. Now, there are a number of other small splenic lesions we talk about. Literal cell angiomas, an incidental finding in most cases, but sometimes seen in patients with anemia, thrombocytopenia, and splenomegaly. Uh, again, unusual tumor, multiple low-density nodules up to 6 centimeters in size, enhancement after IV contrast, and in some cases can be isodense. So, very vascular, and here's just one example. Again, can look very much like hemangioma, can look in some ways like hematoma. Very tricky diagnosis. Another lesion, and we've seen about half a dozen of these, and we actually just submitted a paper, Dr. Rahman submitted a paper. It's rare, the SANT, sclerosing angiomatoid nodular transformations. What a name. No wonder it has an abbreviation. Differential diagnosis from hematoma to a uh, inflammatory tumor to literal cell angioma to mangioendothelioma. Female greater than male, wide age range. Mostly there are incidental findings in asymptomatic patients. Once in a while, patients will present with abdominal pain, though I have to admit it's never quite clear whether the spleen is the cause of the pain. And here's just a good example. This patient has a lesion in the spleen. We detected this pancreatic cancer, tail of pancreas adenocarcinoma, and you see the splenic lesion. So patient had distal pancreatectomy, splenectomy. What was that lesion? Could be a MET, but it doesn't look like a MET really. 
it was a sand tumor. Now, it's interesting, when we looked back, you can see the lesion here about 4, 5 cm. We had four years earlier a prior study which showed this 2 centimeter lesion. So the lesion has substantially grown over a four-year period, but it was still benign. It was a sand tumor, and here it is side by side a couple years apart. So a very important differential diagnosis, but again, making the point that splenic lesions, even benign lesions, can potentially grow, which is somewhat uh, difficult at times. This lesion, by the way, did not have increased pet uptake. And in our article, Dr. Aman said, while there are several imaging features of SANT, which have been described in the literature, it is not routinely possible to make a prospective diagnosis based on imaging alone. Moreover, it may not be possible to exclude malignancy based on the imaging features. A needle biopsy or splenectomy may be required in certain cases. So again, a difficult diagnosis. Uh, then a comment, finally, as a benign lesion, one would expect SANT to remain stable over time. But in our experience, we have seen lesions grow, and in fact, more than double over a time of about three years. So let's look at one last area, malignancies. And again, we talk about malignancies only because they're an important part. And whenever we see a splenic lesion, we're always concerned, could it be malignancy? Well, typically we talk about primary disease being lymphoma, and then we talk about metastatic disease. When you focus on METs, the three you think about are melanoma, ovary, and pancreas, and each have a different type of uh, spread to the spleen. So, for example, melanoma is hematogenous spread. Ovarian is carcinomatomous, carcinomatosis, going through the abdominal and pelvic cavities with implants due to ascites. And pancreatic cancer would be considered direct extension. So we talk about splenic mets, direct extension, pancreas, kidney, colon, no great surprise, and hematogenous spread. And here's a good example of ovarian cancer, extensive ascites, liver metastasis, splenic metastasis, and what you're seeing are implants on the splenic surface, large implants. Remember, ovarian cancer gives implants everywhere. No surprise, liver and spleen. You can see liver implants here as well. Very nice example of carcinomatosis. You can see solid masses. Ovary can be on the splenic surface, but this is within the spleen. Sometimes surface lesions can grow internally. Sometimes you just have metastasis, hematogenous metastasis to the spleen. Very nice example here and here as well. Very nicely shown. Now, another example. Patient who has splenic lesions. Could it be a giant hemangioma, hematoma? I don't know. It was a new lesion. There's also a lesion left adrenal gland. Patient had a right nephrectomy. This is metastatic renal cell carcinoma to the spleen. Again, splenic metastasis from renal cell vascular can look a little bit like hemangiomas, but the history, and usually these develop years later. It's often five to seven years later when you see the splenic mets, kind of very much like when we talk about the pancreas. I mentioned about adjacent invasion. We talk about pancreas, gastric, renal, and retroperitoneal sarcomas. And just some simple examples. Here's a large mass in the tail of the pancreas with direct extension into the spleen. The spleen is engulfed. And here's another image of that. And here's a patient with gastric cancer that recurred. Carcinomatosis left up a quadrant, implants on the colon and on the spleen. Very, very nice example of that pathway of pattern. And here's another case, again, just nicely showing you the same carcinomatosis. Very nice example. Now, when we talk about splenic infiltration, what are we talking about? 
We can typically talk about inflammatory diseases, but I'm typically thinking neoplasm. Although, of course, mononucleosis would be a great example of an infiltrating process. So we talk about the largest of spleens. And yes, mono is considered, but the infiltration you can see here is more likely something like CLL, which was the patient here. And you can see very nicely the infiltration. And when you go to venous phase imaging, you get the salt and pepper appearance. That salt and pepper appearance to me is very classic for tumor infiltration of the spleen. Very nice example here on venous phase and showing it to you in the coronal display as well. So big spleen, sort of irregular enhancement, sort of this um, uh, seed appearance becomes something that we typically will indeed think about. Again, another example, just that salt and pepper appearance. Very nice. What else? Splenic lymphoma. Primary splenic lymphoma, where it's the spleen proper, 1% to 2% of all lymphomas. It's pretty uncommon. When it does occur, it's non-Hodgkin's B-cell type lymphoma. Most of the time with the splenic involvement, it's secondary. Patient has nodes, uh, may have liver involvement, kidney involvement. At the, site of, at the time of diagnosis, spleen involvement is present in about a quarter of patients with uh, splenic lymphoma, although you may not see that on the CT scan. We could have secondary splenic involvement where the spleen and multiple organs are involved or just spleen involvement alone. Nice example here, multiple hypodense lesions seen in the spleen. Could it be cysts? No, they're not cysts. It's not behaving like hemangiomas or hematomas. Solid, hypodense, multiple, you got to be thinking about lymphoma. Another case, big spleen, multiple solid masses, you got to be thinking as this was a case of lymphoma. And again, here's just one more set of images. So very, very solid. Now with splenic lymphoma, I'm showing you a nice example here of a solid mass in the spleen, but here's a good example of the mass in the spleen, but also really impressive nodes in the periodic region and peripancreatic region and splenic hilum. So again, the appearance will be so variable in terms of extent of disease. Another case, lymphoma, you gotta think multi-organs. So liver is involved, axillary is involved, Spleen is involved, liver is involved. So multiple hypodense lesions. And this was a wonderful case because the accessory spleen even was involved. So just a very, very nice example of showing you the type of things we indeed can be looking at. Now, in this case, I've showed you both liver and splenic involvement. And that's a very good differential point. It may be a good point for us to stop. As I asked the question, what processes involve both the liver and spleen? And there are a number of different answers to that question. And let's come back and discuss that question and a few last comments about incidental splenic lesions. When we pick it up, next week, same time, same station. See you then.